uh, we're going to do a new series. And, and really what I want to talk about in the next uh, uh, several weeks is uh, well, I just want to paint a vision for daily life in this life of faith. I, I want to do a, a series that is three things, practical, practical, and practical. Um, when you get up in the morning, uh, you begin your day, when you live out your week, um, how should you do it? What should the routines and the rhythms be? I want to I turn general vision into routine and rhythm, um, practical in, in that sense. Because routine and rhythm is, 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 are basically how we accomplish everything in life. Right? Any change that you want to bring in life, into your life, will come as a matter of routine. It's the only way to do it, right? Daily, regular application. And if you're going to uh, live out kingdom routines, faith routines, over the long term, then you need to establish a certain rhythm for yourself, uh, a way to live, a lifestyle that really helps you carry and translate kingdom values uh, into your walk. Anybody, anybody already know that to be true? Yeah, very much. Uh, our routines, our rhythms really define who we are in the world. Uh, so I want to talk about kingdom routines and, and rhythms. We've just kind of wrapped up um, a, a sermon series on discipleship. Uh, and discipleship is defined as effortful growth. Correct. Four of you were paying attention. Eight weeks of, of sermon series, and I appreciate that. Um, it takes effort uh, to grow as a disciple. It takes a lot of work, and, and hard work is, is best accomplished with a strategy, right? You have some big project. You have some, you know, hard thing, difficult thing to do in life. Um, you are best advised to kind of figure out how to go about it, a plan. Um, and a plan lived over time is a routine. That's what I'm talking about. A plan for being um, growthful, changeful uh, disciples. I have a goal in this sermon series as uh, one of the leaders of the church, and I'll just tell you up front to be honest about it. I, I really want, I really want to, to populate the church with strong, stable pillars of discipleship. You know, people that, that anyone can look at and be like, ah, there you go, okay. You know, they're filling it out for me. They're giving me a picture of what it's like to live this life through my days, weeks, months, and years. Um, that's what I'm after. So here's a starter question. Who here is a grown-up? Who here is a grown-up? Come on, just... Raise them up tall. You're grown-ups, people. Who here, who here is a grown-up? I see a lot of consternated looks when I ask that question. There's a whole bunch of mixed feelings that, uh, that hit us uh, when we start thinking about being a, uh, a grown-up. Um, what defines a grown-up, do you think? Defines a grown-up. Let me, let me put it slightly differently. What defines a healthy grown-up? <laughs> just, just to be clear. All right, so what are some of the things that define a healthy grown-up? Come on. Maturity. Uh, you know, which begs the question, what defines healthy maturity? Um, but, yeah. Responsibility. 
is a big one, right? That, that word is huge. What else? And what? And contributing, responsible and contributing. They take charge of stuff, right? They take responsibility for stuff. I think that's huge in, in grown-up life. What else? There's a voice over here. Not being petty. You know what's big and you know what's small in life. You have a certain wisdom about what's important and what that means. Sure. Responsibility, taking charge, wisdom. Self-control, Self says the quiet woman. <laughs> Thank you for interpreting, Jameson. Uh, Self-control is this power of choice. It's freedom applied in a willful sort of way. I think that is definitely a grown-up trait, or the trait of a healthy grown-up. Uh, anybody got another? Stable. 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 Reliable is, is a similar word that I think of. You know what they're about and what you're going to get from them. They're not wishy-washy. They're grown-ups. And a lot goes in that, you know. They're reliable. Grown-ups are the people that you can run to when you're a kid. Looks out for others, takes responsibility for themselves, but also for younger people in the, in the family and neighborhood. That's what a grown-up does, a healthy grown-up. There was another shout. Commitment goes with stability and I think reliability. They decide to do something, and you know they're going to be there at station. Uh, should you need them or should you go looking for them. Uh, strength figures in here somewhere. You know, when you're a kid, grown-ups seem very strong. Uh, they have resources. They provide stuff like that. A lot of these, a lot of these words are hitting at the same heart uh, of things, etc., etc. We have an idea of what it means to be a, a healthy grown-up, um, and, and, and you may be one. You might be a healthy grown-up, or you may have recently realized that you are a grown-up. It happened when you weren't looking. Um, perhaps you have been a grown-up since you were a child. Uh, I think that applies uh, to a lot of it, a lot of us. Or perhaps, having recently had a child, you realize that you need to be one. <laughs> that happens a lot uh, around here. Um, or, or perhaps that you should be one, but aren't quite there. Or perhaps that you're on your way to being one, and I hope everybody is at least in that category. Whatever you think uh, about where you are in, in the growing up process, and whatever you think a grown-up is, however you define it and operationalize it in your mind, somebody gave you that picture. Somebody gave you the picture of what it means to be a grown-up, a healthy grown-up. And perhaps in your life you have pictures of what it means to be an unhealthy grown-up, but but most of us have an idea of what it means to be a healthy grown-up, and we got that picture from someone or someones in life. I don't think it's inevitable that we will all be grown-ups in this life uh, because it takes work, you know? It's like discipleship. It's effortful growth. Or, you know, we might grow up, but I don't think that we will all become mature in life. I think that takes some effort and intent uh, and I think it's worth noting that in society these days, it's probably less than there has ever been encouraging us to be mature grown-ups. You know, society definitely skews toward the young and immature. Does anybody think differently these days? We, 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 can't, we kind of sense that, don't we? Um, and uh, Which means that we need to 
to do the growing up with a little more focus, a little more intent, a little more effortfulness, the, ma the maturity process uh, than, uh, than we used to be. You know, there's, there's probably less encouraging us these days to become responsible, reliable, committed, you know, strong, sheltering sort of people. As we don't have to. You know, it used to be if you did not mature well, you died in the forest. <laughs> Um, but these days, if you don't mature well, probably, you know, somebody will pick up the slack or, you know, you're, you can get by, kind of. Um, but you'll be one who is taken care of rather than one who is doing the taking care of. So, more choice. I hope you want to be a grown-up uh, because it's really good to have grown-ups in the family. And if you yourself grew up without having grown-ups in your family, then you knew this to be true. I think in churches and in communities of faith, it's, it's uh, super valuable to have grown-ups in the family, to have mature disciples in the family. If you don't have grown-ups in the family, then what you will see in your family, in your ohana, in your community, you will see instability uh, because no one will be taking responsibility, no one will be taking charge, no one will be committing. Uh, and you will see uncertainty a lot of uncertainty about direction and how one should behave and where one should go because without grown-ups there are no models you know giving you targets and certainty if you do have grown-ups in your family in your ohana in your community uh, then you will see stability and you will see growth right you will see change in a positive direction because the grown-ups provide the models and the blueprints for people to follow they know how to go because they have a portrait of where they want to go. So, you know, let's start this with the charge to this community. Uh, we need grown-ups. We need people to, to be grown up and to be growing up. Uh, we need people to take responsibility for what's going on. Our community definitely needs that. Uh, we need models. We need people who are like aware that I am the model for maturity for someone. To own that and be that. And as, as we have that, as we have adults, then we can add children. Then we can multiply. We can be fruitful. We can be the sheltering tent for new life to come into. You follow me so far? So, number one, take responsibility for, for your community, for your ohana, even when no one is telling you what to do. See, I think that's a big feature of being grown up. No one has to tell you what to do. You know when you do it. Uh, and, and number two, you know, provide models for daily life that every less mature person needs to see. So, what do grown-ups do and how do you become one in, in the kingdom of God, in the life of faith? That's kind of what I want to talk about. Uh, scripture actually makes a big deal about becoming a grown-up, about becoming mature in our lives uh, with Christ. Uh, and, and you see this as sort of the macro level. I see it in the shift in Scripture. Let's kind of read the whole Bible. And the shift from the Gospels to the Epistles. If, if you guys don't know what that is, the Gospels are the books in the Bible that tell stories about the life of Jesus while he was on earth and how he interacted with people and gathered them and empowered them and changed their lives. Those are the Gospels. Super exciting books. And then after the Gospels, uh, there's one more history, the book of Acts. And then there are a bunch of epistles, which are letters written to churches or to individuals uh, by the leaders of the body of Christ, by the adults writing to, you know, younger uh, believers, epistles. And in, in these epistles, 
uh, we find a lot of advice and encouragement toward maturity. You know, the Gospels are about transformation and clarification. They're about the values and the ministry modes of the kingdom of God. They sort of lay all the fundamentals and make all the invitations. And then the epistles are usually very practical uh, advice about living it out over the long term. Or if you want to be specific, living it out together over the long term. That's what those epistles are about. Epistle is just a fancy word that means letters or messages. Uh, it's about lifestyle. Uh, lifestyle unto growing up. Um, and just all over the epistles. Pretty much every one in 1 Corinthians we read, uh, we speak a message of wisdom for the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or for the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So this is what we're doing. Uh, Paul is telling the church in Corinthians, uh, we're speaking a message that matures people in an otherworldly way. Um, Ephesians 4, one of my favorite passages about maturing. Speaking the truth in love to one another, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is our head, that is Christ. You know, this, we encourage one another to grow up. That's kind of what he's saying there. Speaking truth in love. Uh, in Colossians, uh, he writes, uh, He's the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all our wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Not just that you believe, but that you have grown up in Christ, and our job is to get you all there. We can present you to God as mature people at the end of the age. In James 1, and I think probably a lot of you know this verse, let perseverance finish its work. Let hard work finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Etc., etc., etc. Two scriptures I want to go over today, really quickly, that encapsulate some of this uh, uh, Hebrews 5 and Philippians 3, Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. Let me just start with that one. It's on uh, the last page of your program toward the bottom. It'll be up here on the big board. Uh, the Epistle of Hebrews. We actually don't know who wrote this, uh, but the person was writing it probably to Jewish believers. Um, and uh, there's a ton in it about growing up. We have much to say about this, all the stuff they've been talking about, all various wisdoms of faith. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Uh, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you. The elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Evil. Here's the author of the epistle just sort of writing to this group of believers. Like, you know, you guys, you need to grow up. You grow up. It's like, it's like you're stuck. It's like you keep learning the same lesson over and over again. You keep going through the same challenge over and over again. Doesn't that strike you? You know, by this time, you should be the model for others. I can tell that the author is a little bit frustrated uh, uh, about that. He's chastising them for not doing the hard work of growing up. He says to them specifically, you have stopped trying. You have stopped trying to understand, and I think apply, the big things. You're, you're not trying to grow up. You're just cruising. 
and, and the leader finds that unacceptable. And you can imagine the scenario, the frustration of the author who has explained these peoples again and again what they have to do to kind of grow up in Christ and to become a mature and a fruitful body. Uh, maybe, maybe they keep saying to him, oh yeah, we, we have it now, or to her. One of the theories is that the apostle Priscilla wrote uh, the book of Hebrews. I don't know. Um, but maybe, maybe they've said uh, to the apostle writing the letter, oh, we get it now, we get it now, we're going to follow through, but they don't do it. The best phrase of this passage for me is the one that, that comes uh, at the end. Um, solid food is for the mature, and mature people are those who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil, right? Mature people, the author is saying, are folks who have a daily practice, who have a routine, who have a rhythm, who do the same thing over and over and over again, who apply consistently what they know to be true, and they grow up, and they can always tell the difference between what is good for them and what is harmful or evil for them. Constant application. They stick with it. Uh, If I were to summarize this little passage, I'd say mature people are mature because they constantly apply what they know. And the problem with these people is that they know stuff, they don't apply it, and therefore they seem to forget it, and they need to hear it again. Uh, Sort of a contrasting picture of immature and mature. Anybody relate on either end of that? (laughs) Like, dang, yeah, it does seem like I'm learning this lesson over and over and over again. I, wa- I wonder why that happens. Uh, versus, oh, you know what? I think I have something to teach. I think I have something to model for other people. The difference, the author is saying, is that mature people consistently apply what they know. Reliability. You know, commitment, stability. We shouted out all of these words that define grown-ups, and that's basically um, what, what the author is talking about. So a question leaps out of this passage for me, which is, am I mature like that? Or am I immature like that? Um, are we using what we believe in a constant and consistent fashion? Uh, the next passage, I think, is even a little richer from Philippians 3, sort of the top of uh, your program, um, up here on the big board. <clears throat> Verses 7 through 17. Now the first uh, bit, Paul, the writer, is just sort of characterizing the life of faith. And then he gets into talking about maturity specifically. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. I am willing to make sacrifices. What's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I'm willing to make sacrifices, and you know what? I think it's worth it. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in them, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I'm in this for eternal life and for power to do things. Not that I've already attained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but, and here he starts talking about maturity, I think, 
I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm not what I was in the past. I'm going toward something in the future. Growing up. All of us, then, who are, wait for it, mature, all of us who are grown-ups should take a view of such things, right? If, if you're a grown-up or if you're growing up, you should realize, you know, this is about growing up. That's kind of what he's saying. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. You know, God is in charge of this process. Listen to him. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Right? So we don't want to be like this crew in the Hebrews passage who keep relearning the same lessons, uh, going through the same challenges. We actually want to you know, put a stake in the ground and say, okay, I got that. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that, but I'm going to add to it. I'm going to keep going. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. The powerful statement about being a model, a model grown up at the end. You know, so he starts with this, there's this role of sacrifice in following Jesus. Uh, Mature people make sacrifices willingly. You know, mature people take care of other people. A lot of us shouted out phrases about that. Why? Because they know it's worth it. They know what they know. And they live accordingly. There's a role of commitment here. Uh, involving uh, some sort of profound discipline. You know, I press on. I strive. I have a way of life that moves me forward. I have a routine. I have a rhythm. I have a plan. I have a strategy. I have a process. I stick with it hardcore, Paul says, uh, because that's, that's what makes this thing work. That's what grows me up. Um, a lot of us had grown up parents who wouldn't even commit to their family. Paul saying, I'm a grown-up parent, and I commit to all believers in all churches. Uber responsibility. Uh, this great line, only let us live up to what we have already attained. You know, only let us, let us live out in a consistent and constant fashion uh, what we know to be valuable and true, what we should trust in this life of faith. Put it into practice in daily life. Okay, but How? How do we do that? How does one go about doing all of these grand things that Paul is talking about? Well, he ends with the importance of someone modeling it for you, someone sort of putting flesh on what it means to be a grown-up in the kingdom of God. He says, uh, join together in following my example. I'm willing to be your model because I think, you know, I'm an adult. Now, he he says, I'm not what I will be or totally what I should be yet, but frankly, I'm an adult. I'm, a, I'm, I'm grown up. I was on to use a more vulgar phrase, but you know, I'm trying to be grown up. Um, I'm an adult. And so you can follow my model. And he says, uh, just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as, as we do. Um, you know, there are grown ups in your midst. You know, there should be, there ought to be. Recognize who they are and accept them as blueprints and models for just kind of living life with Jesus. 
You know, if you can't exactly imitate my life, there'll be somebody close to you, an adult, who, whose life is a bit more similar than yours, but more mature. Use them, Paul says. That's the way this works, he points out. Life together. So if I were to summarize this passage, I'd say mature people provide the model for, you know, the sac- sacrificial commitment and hard work of living with Christ. I wish this were true in society. I wish we had lots of people that we could recognize as adults that just sort of provided the model for getting through life fruitfully and well. Um, I think sometimes the people that we glorify as a society are not necessarily the grown-up ones. Witness reality TV, but that's a different sermon. What gets in the way uh, of being a a grown-up? Well, you know, just conceptually, I think the desire to stay childish is, is the big one. Immaturity has a lot of allure, does it not? Um, Cocoa puffs are more fun to eat than oatmeal, by and large. You know, but if, uh, if you eat them for too long, they make you sick, don't they? You know, everybody has to grow up or they will start to feel really sick. Uh, maturity uh, can feel like, you know, commitment, and commitment can feel like a trap or at least a limitation. We are Americans, which means above all else, we like to keep our options open. And uh, maturity in some fashion is about closing the door on some things so that you can commit to others. Fundamental process uh, of growing up. Uh, I think another thing that gets in the way of maturing is laziness. Come on. You know, uh, we like to avoid hard work, by and large. Uh, and these days, you know, it's, it's, it's a fairly convenient world. Um, even, you know, churches are built on convenient participation a lot of times, and it's always easy to think, well, somebody else can do that. I'm not in a good place to do that right now. You know, we have lots of ways of expressing it to ourselves. Someone else can take care of that, and, and you know what? Someone else can take care of me. It's pretty easy to do. Uh, it's just a form of laziness. Um, if, you, if you contrast models of immaturity and maturity, you can see why there's a choice that needs to be made. Uh, immature people have no responsibility. Well, that sounds fairly attractive, you know? It's fun to have as little responsibility as possible in life. And, you know, there's a lot of art, media, philosophy out there that actually un- treats that as a virtue. You know, I want to be free. Don't tell me what to do. I'm living my own adventure. I'm a free spirit. No, no, you're just immature. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's, yeah. It's cool to let other people take care of things. It's cool to have a life that doesn't require a lot of sacrifice. And a lot of us who, you know, have young kids have recently gone through that thing where you have a kid and you're like, I feel like I'm in prison, right? Every moment of every day, I'm now liable to this little creature who apparently thinks that's the way it ought to be. And it just forces, uh, you know, tough and often anxious choices. Uh, and, you know, it's not necessarily uh, fun. It's, it's more fun to be unreliable. You know, it's more fun to say, oh, yeah, well, I might come to that. <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. Well, I, I think maybe I could possibly be there. 
um, and I'll let you know if something better doesn't come up. Um, so that's much, a much smoother way to live. Um, immature people often have it easier until they find that they can't do what they need to do in life. All right, or until they have that realization, it's like, my life doesn't really mean anything. And then they have a little crisis. Uh, and that's often when people come to faith. And then I have to teach them that the answer is not quick fix faith, but discipleship and growth. That's tough in America to do that. But that's what I do 80% of my life. Uh, mature people often have it harder but ultimately, they have a more meaningful life, they have more fruitfulness, and they get more love and more family, which is a, a slow burn but larger reward. So I've gotten to see a lot of people grow up at Blue Water Mission over the last seven years, and it has been my tremendous privilege. There have been people that walked in as immature messes and are now sponsoring families of faith. You know, and I could point out a few dozen of y'all, but I'm not going to do that because it would embarrass you. Actually, I kind of like embarrassing you, but I am short on time. Um, but uh, it's, it's just been tremendously exciting for me to see that or people that have kind of grown up here and then gone out and done things elsewhere uh, in the world, which is what grown-ups sometimes do. They move out and they start things elsewhere. They start their own families, their own houses, so to speak. Um, and over the last year especially, I've got to say that I've noticed a lot of maturing in us. Just over the last, you know, nine or 12 months, I think that we've really accelerated. Look to your left and right and make your own judgments about that. But uh, we don't have to laugh quite that hard about it. But, but yes. Um, but no, you know, I, I think, I think we're, we're coming of age, a lot of us, in, in, a, in a certain way. And that, that's exciting. Because a family with a lot of grown-ups can have a lot of kids. A family that has a lot of grown-up models can change a whole bunch of lives. And that's what we're about. Uh, you can't be a disciple without discipling. We can be fruitful and multiply if we have grown-ups acting like grown-ups. You know, at that point, then, it's all going to start to hum. You know. Which is another way of saying that we have to really be grown-ups and embrace our maturity if we're going to reach and accomplish what it is that the Lord has called us to do. I can point to models, you know, in the church of grown-up people to educate and inspire others. And, and maybe you want to be one of those models now that I've prattled on about being grown-up for the last 30, 35 minutes. Maybe you're like, you know what, I think I want to be a grown-up. I might be one already, uh, but if not, I, I, want, I want to be one. Anybody? At the beginning, I said, uh, who are grown-ups? And there was a lot of consternation. What I'm trying to do not so subtly is convince you, like, no, 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 no consternation. You all want to be a grown-up, right? <laughs> I haven't convinced everyone yet. But, uh, but maybe you're saying, all right, time to grow up. All right, I'm going to be an adult. Time to settle in, which is a phrase I prefer vastly to settle down. You know, in the kingdom of God, the phrase settle down does not make much sense to me. But the phrase settle in, you know, get into it and get settled that that's where you are. That makes a lot of sense to me. So maybe some of you are like, yeah, you know what, time to settle in. Time to, time to settle into the family. Time to be a family man, a family woman. Time to, time to just up and do this thing once and for all. 
you know, and, and to strive to press on, to be the model uh, for other people. Uh, may, maybe that's you. Anyway, in the upcoming weeks, I want to focus on what grown-ups do to be grown-ups, uh, what people do to you know, establish a, a grown-up routine, uh, a grown-up rhythm of life that kind of makes it work for you so that you can live out your faith and routines and rhythms and be the model for other people. You know, what does a grown-up do to take care of themselves, to be strong, and to be an adult for others who need a more adult person in their lives? What are our spiritual chores for health and progress? What sort of things do you want to do every day, every week, or something like that? How should we structure our lives, by and large? Because a routine needs a structure of sorts. A rhythm needs a structure. And uh, there's a lot uh, about life in this day and age that contends against structures and routines, because everything is changing all the time, right? You have to get a few things vital down, settled in, if you're going to make it and grow. What is a good routine for work? A good routine for accomplishing work in your life. Maybe the work that you do to get paid, but there's other work that you ought to do to spread the kingdom. And what's a good routine for that? When and how should we rest? Is anybody interested in that one? Anybody feel like you're just too busy, you don't have enough rest and relaxation in life? When you don't feel like you have enough rest and relaxation, you start uh, trying to escape things. And there's a difference between escape and rest. Escape, immature. Rest, mature. We're going to talk about that. Um, Grown-ups should have a way of taking care of others. They should have a lifestyle and should have a way of taking care of themselves that is a model for others. It's just part of being a grown-up. That's um, what parents teach their kids from the very beginning. If, uh, if people are relying on someone else to take care of them or take care of others, then they're not grown-ups yet. We're going to talk about that, the routines and rhythms of the mature disciple. Let's pray. Life keeps flowing, Lord. It keeps going around us. And um, I pray that we would always grow to, to meet tasks at hand. I pray, Father, that as you have given us um, a new and a, and a young family of faith uh, over the years, that you would mature us to where we need to be after, um, after all this time. I pray that you would create mothers and fathers, older brothers and older sisters in our midst uh, so that we can bring up the next generation Give us the heart of parents. Give us the heart of village elders, of those of us who are there. Or give us the goals for those of us who are still arriving. I pray, Holy Spirit, uh, that at this moment you would just speak to those, encourage those uh, who, uh, uh, who need to uh, just accept the, the grown-up life need to accept responsibility to be a model for someone and to live through and through in accordance. I bless you, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, to, to be people of solid food. 
to be the people who are the blueprint for the rest of the world. Not that we have attained all that we should have attained, but that we know that growing up is what we should be about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.